about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home We while focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas let this last That was the great sounds of Watts with Outside on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. EZ Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, in a world of auto-tune and mumbling, to stand upon your own and actually take time to tell the truths that other people are afraid of, that is, her is heroic. In a world that tells you you have to be over-processed to be able to give art while sitting in a car for 15 seconds on TikTok, that is heroic. In a world that gases up the prices of every single act that comes through, you sit there and you unify with other people that are on your level or higher and you help things grow. That is heroic. So today we are honored and we are blessed to have with us one of my favorite MCs. I didn't say one of my favorite local MCs. I said one of my favorite MCs Someone whose lyrical magic is absolute brilliance. Put your hands together. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, keep your hands at 10 and 2 because we don't want any accidents. But mentally, you can put your hands together. Standing ovation for Sketch the Cataclysm. My good brother, how you been? How's it going, man? <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. TikTok in the car. Interview in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of the, the key things. And... and it's so interesting because, like you know, coming to New Haven initially, and and you start to see all these stickers for for let's say you know sketch the cataclysm, and you never put two and two together, um, and then one day you stumble into a, an open mic at a state at the state house, and yeah. here's this guy with his laptop that just shows up and drops some of the most incredible things. Then you start doing some research. You go on on the band in the band camp because we always want to make sure we're going on band camp. And, and your records stand like the test of time. I remember listening to, you know, um, some of the stuff during the pandemic itself. And you were kind of foreshadowing, you know, the mayhem and the madness that is now current, you know, today. Um, what, where did you come from and, and, and why hip hop? Um, I was born and raised in Waterbury, Connecticut. Uh, why hip hop? Because I can't sing that good, <laughs> probably. And the word <laughs> count, the word count helps as well. Mm -hmm. I I think uh, hip hop is an exceptional genre, and the fact that you could fit that many words into a song, mm -hmm. um, way more words than other other forms of music. Um, and I think that's its strength. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, and it, it connected with that at an early age you know, writing poetry and stuff, you know? No, definitely. And, and as you like, we're grow, growing up and, and going through, obviously, 
you know, you, you found out that you weren't singing so well. So you, you switch over, you switch over to hip hop or your heart starts to go through that. But I sing anyway, you know, though, as you know, very well, I do. And honestly, <laughs> you sing well, sir. I just don't think you give yourself enough credit. Um, yeah. But, you know, as as you're going through and as you're growing up and different things like that, who are some of the influences that you came through? Because you have that incredible throwback kind of sound, especially lyrically. So who 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 uh, influenced Sketch the Cataclysm? Um, it's always that's always hard to say. I have a lot mm-hmm. of favorites. Um, uh, the earlier ones I I like to point out and think of is like the Far Side. I like mm-hmm. the Far Side a lot. Um, Freestyle Fellowship. Um, people like Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Um, I liked like complex rhyme styles, Feral Monch and uh, mm. Prince Poe from Organized Confusion. Nice. Um, stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of that in like the new style people too. And I continue to be influenced by like people that are coming out um, mm. and inspired more, more so inspired than influenced, I would say. Just happy right. to see a good energy and, and people willing to try new things and push boundaries. And I like that from a very early age. Mm-hmm. something different i always liked you know and, and that's that's one of the things that i've noticed that you carry through not just in your own you know music but in some of the bills that you put together and, and different things like that it's it really is a matter of that amalgamate of influence and amazing energy to go through I, I was lucky enough to be at one of the anniversary shows at cafe nine and the you know the lyricist that you had on there and the MCs that you had on there was absolutely amazing. And you did the coolest thing I have ever seen in hip hop. I'm so I glad had... you were at that show. Oh, of course, dude. I, you, bro, you know, I love you. <laughs> like, yeah, it was a, that was a wild show because I, I mean, I did three sets that night. Mm-hmm. Three completely different sets. Um, with three outfit changes. With three, three outfit changes. <laughs> and a attention. bunch of uh, friends that just yeah. popped up to do little guest spots as you were saying mm-hmm. um, and you also had a projector in the in the back and you did you know attract you know a 50 by 50 with your partner who couldn't yeah. be at the show so he recorded himself doing it and you yeah. were interacting with the projection it was mind-blowing like i i so appreciate that as an incredible moment <laughs> of art in new haven yeah, me and Dito from the 50X50s. Uh, Dito, uh, me and Dito always try to do something cool and interesting. We always try to start from ideas first, mm-hmm. um, budget, you know, whatever with the budget. But we always try to start out with uh, an idea and see if we could just make that idea come to fruition mm-hmm. um, and hope that people just like the idea best. And I'm glad that that worked, that worked out well, too, because it seemed like everybody that was there in the room that day really liked that. You know, you didn't feel his absence. He felt very present. He he felt extremely present. And it was so incredible, too, because one of the MCs there, and I'm not going to say his name or anything like that, ran out of Cafe 9. Ran out? Yeah, he ran out of Cafe 9 and, like, was standing on the the curb, almost in the road, going, yo, (laughs) my mind is blown right now. What am I seeing? (laughs) What am I seeing? And that is the energy that really helps cultivate other artists to take those risks and to grow and that's something that you do very very often 
with 50 by 50 or 50 x 50. Um, you know, you have these amazing um, weekly playlists that you, you put out and it's not just your stuff. Like we are in an industry of massively selfish human beings. How are you so open and altruistic? Yeah. When I talked to, um, when I talked to Dito about doing a curated playlist every week, Mm-hmm. The focus wasn't really on us featuring music. A lot of people, our music, I mean, a lot of people do that so that they can eventually charge people for placements and things like that is like a right. money-making scheme. Um, and we really wanted to do it as a way to serve the music. Mm-hmm. It also, you know, uh, that way that helps us is that, you know, name recognition, but also we're kind of training people to like our music by listening to the kind of stuff that we dig, mm-hmm. you know, across the board mm-hmm. and didn't have a focus on it being a promotional aspect for, for any of the artists that we feature either, because we'll play a song that they did in 1998, even if they dropped right. something last week, if it felt right for the playlist. Right. Um, and I was also a DJ in high school and going out of high school. So I've been very big on sequencing mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. the order of, tracks is really important to me so i try to design the playlist along with dito so that they play well from beginning to end and there's like a a flow and like a roller coaster vibe of emotion Mm -hmm. and interconnectedness too with like the instruments without actually mixing and djing them together if you're listening to one track sometimes you won't know that another song has started Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um but yeah we we were very dedicated to doing this because we felt like serving serving music um, will, you know, only come back to us in good ways eventually. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't, then we get to put people on the cool stuff. Interesting things. <laughs> no, it, it definitely is. And what I really, really appreciate more than anything about not only what you do from the artist's point of view, but you also have a very sound business model itself and not a business model as per like super capitalistic or anything like that your merch game is extremely on point (laughs) and you you know you are able to really uh, i don't want to use capitalize but you really understand who you are and what you're you're putting out there to offer you know you have the record you know indie hip-hop uh you know indie indie rappers um, do it for gas money indie yeah do it for gas money that is such the reality of it. But while you're out there, you understand it's not just about the show itself. You have a full, you know, merchandise line that, that you have to help fund the art. Yeah. Did you understand that the merchandising was important in the early on aspect? Or is this something you learned in your career? You have to like, for, for touring at one point, mm-hmm. you have to like make sure somebody's leaving with something with your name on it. So if you're at a show um, in an area you've never played before, um, rocking with some local acts, um, and you impress people, you want them to leave there with something with your name on it so they can keep you in mind for the next time you go back into that area. And, um, yeah, and sometimes these shows you don't make a lot of money at either, and, you know, that'll get you by. Um, In touring, I met... um, an awesome person, uh, my friend Erica, who started making um, 
like buttons for me, Mo Nichols, and mm. and different people like that. Your past guest, DJ <laughs> Mo Nichols, um, and she helped out a lot with that stuff early on. I got T-shirts done locally, um, and then started doing them with Erica and a few other people. Um, but yeah, I I think it's I think having cool ideas for that stuff is is awesome too. Mm-hmm. Erica had come up with a concept of doing like scented candles at one point. You might have been around for that. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we had those. We got the car air fresheners now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Anything cool, you know, a t-shirts are always great because they're they're walking advertisements for everybody right. as well. <laughs> you you get to put people on the to our music by wearing the t-shirts. Yeah. Which I know you know very well because you're a very big merch guy. Always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it it makes the most amount of sense. And it is like the reality there. And this is kind of the point in the show where I tell everyone who's paying attention, pull over to the side of the road right now, take out your pen and a piece of paper. This is going to help you grow. Mm-hmm. You know, venue to venue, you're only going to make a certain amount of money. And you really yeah. have no control over that amount of money. But when you, you go in there with merch or the ability to, to purchase merch through a website or something like that, um, you're now increasing the amount of money you can make. And when you're doing the touring aspect, increasing that amount of money is the difference between sleeping in your car and getting a hot shower. You know, um, And it's super important because two weeks into sleeping in your car, yeah, maybe the first couple of days was cool. You had like a Jack Kerouac type of moment and, and you know, you're truly being the artist. But by like the second week, you're making, you know, bad choices or you're reevaluating everything in your entire life and you're not going to go out there and have a good show. And you're going, those shows are going to tank, which then also yeah. starts, people aren't going to want to come and see you. you know, so you have to think about these things so much in advance. And my favorite uh, piece of merch that you've ever done was actually the, the lyric pads because it, it made oh, yeah. so much sense. You know, you, your lyrics stand, stand the test of time and they are so well delivered and so well thought out. Of course, you know, having that, that pad there makes sense. Um, yeah, we did so- the, uh, it was with my Maya Demos album. We made a playbill that had all the lyrics um, for the entire project in there. Um, it was designed as a, like a Broadway playbill across the board, but a lot of people like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that was the thing that, that went well. We were actually pushing it as a uh, book on tape because we had it available on cassette. Mm-hmm. Oh, cassette. Uh, wow. Yeah. At the same time. <laughs> That's all. Oh, wow. Yeah, the album was available on cassette and it came with a Playbill lyrics book. So we were calling it a book on tape. (laughs) It's crazy that no one really does that anymore. It provides you the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, when you're doing like multisyllabic rhyme schemes and and things with thick like metaphor and Mm -hmm. just layered, layered lyrics, I think it's a good idea to include your lyrics with with the work. People could read along with it it helps them take in the words a little bit better, I think. Plus, I wow. used to do that back in the day. I don't know how you were with that type of thing. All the time. But yeah. It, it used to be actually, that used to be my favorite part at, um, was sitting there and, you know, getting the cassette yeah. tape. 
and then roll like pulling out the cassette tapes with to be yeah, yeah, huge yeah. and the, the print is so small but you're reading there to make sure that that's what he meant and you know coming mm-hmm. up through like with hip-hop and, and then grunge music at the same time it was a matter of lyrics are super important and lyrics probably not exactly what you think they're going to say you know mm-hmm. you you listen to eddie vetter and you're like i don't know the words he's saying but it sounds really interesting at this point and then you go back and you read the lyrics you're like how is he saying this and it doesn't i don't but I love what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and hip hop by far, I, it really does. It lives and dies by the word. So it makes complete and total sense to be, you know, releasing, you know, lyric books and different stuff like that. Is that something for the how to about things to- early on? I would read, mm-hmm. I would read the lyrics books and see how the words were written on the page too. Mm-hmm. Like how they stopped lines. Like this is where that line stops and on and on and on. And it kind of helped get a framework for how to write my own stuff down. Mm-hmm, and right. a lot of that uh, helped with my productivity in the future, being able to like see how words would be fitting on the page, where things mm-hmm. rhyme, internal rhyme schemes and things like that. You right. see like where those words fall. I remember like early on, I would write, um, I'd write other people's lyrics down myself mm-hmm. and I'd put little like symbols next to like where certain things rhymed like internally mm-hmm. in a line. Yeah. So I can see what the shape of those things look like. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, lyrics, lyrics books helped provide that mm-hmm. for me. I, I mean, I would right. scour everything too. I'd look at who engineered stuff, mixed, right. produced every track, wanted to know who <laughs> sa- what samples were on everything, try to find those songs. <laughs> so it's a never ending learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's I think that's a thing that's missing, like with the streaming era, mm-hmm. is there's not a lot of like opportunity for you to dig into the personnel of each record that comes out. Right. But, you know, yeah, no, times. It, yeah well, and, and it's so true, too, because especially now with, you know, online distribution and it being very a lot easier for, you know, the independent to put their their stuff out there you know, as simple $20 a year through DistroKid and you can have your yeah. stuff playing everywhere. Um, yeah. But then you're the one putting in those liner notes. And sometimes, you know, some of these, you know, these robot distributors don't put in all of that stuff there, you know, where if, you you know, they'll send it to say title and it'll just give you like a single person as, you know, the writer of the song. But if you jump over to Apple, it's got a whole list of everything that, that you know, everything yeah. that's actually working on it and stuff like that. So it becomes really, really lost. Um, and it really is, especially with hip hop. I, I wish more people did it with other styles of music because I feel like we would be a lot more honest with where music came from. If, yeah. you know, they started to be like, hey, that riff kind of sounds like, you know, Bo Diddley or that buddy guy. And we start to really unpack what that kind of stuff means it would be a lot better but with hip-hop you actually see it with hip-hop you know you know who does that sample let me go listen to this record and by listening to that record then you know in about a minute and a half from the part that they sampled there's another really sick part there that you can build an entire song off of so you're constantly having you know this intermarriage of art when you start to dig deeper and deeper into it and i feel like that's missing in all of the rest of music. 
I know it's missing the call letters on WNHHLP 103.5 <laughs> FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island raised, Elm City made, EZ Blues is in the building. Sketch the Cataclysm is with us on Behind the Brand. EZ Blues, continue. Well, no, you know, as you're continuing to grow and, and continuing to put out there, I think that's one of the things that I do, as the many things I respect about you, is you're always giving that credit either back or forward. Um, and, you know, is this something that is just ingrained in you or is, is have you learned to be this human being? I, I really dig other people's music a lot. I just love music. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try to think about the bigger picture a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, I played a venue recently and I did the show pretty much so that I can make sure that the venue is booking hip hop. Right. And then I talked to that venue about other acts so that they could put those other acts on shows that they have in the future. Right. Sometimes I'll take a hit um, and have a show that I know is not going to be very successful just so I could have mm -hmm. that happening there in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, I'll work with different promoters just for, for that to happen. Right. And I think, um, the more interesting acts that we have playing, especially in the local area, the better the scene is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times where, where people will become inactive and it'll leave a gaping hole in that area of the music scene. And it'll make it very difficult for everybody of that type of music to be able to like get something going. It's like, you have to restart all over again. So yeah, the healthier our music scene is the better, to be honest. And, and that's, and honestly, if you look throughout all of history, you know, the healthier the art scene is, the healthier the society is, you yeah. know, as, as a whole. Um, and that's one of the things I absolutely love and celebrate about New Haven as, mu as much as I can. The arts here is amazing. And when we can all get together and support that, you know, we got to see it, you know, this past week with an incredible punk rock show, you know, at the State House, we get to see it, you know, and you see it with the other artists as they go through. I remember, you know, seeing a uh, fat astronaut and Chesky at the, uh, at space ballroom. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they made sure that they called you up. They shouted, you know, they shouted shame penguin out from, from the crowd. Yeah. So that's what it's in. Too. Right. Yep. Notorious as well. You know, I know you do that when you're putting your, your shows together, you know, not only are these your friends, but these are artists in which, you know, inspire you or could inspire somebody else. Um, what I love about what you just said is sometimes, you know, you have to sometimes take a loss just to have it kind of show up on your resume, you know, because. Well, there's like a benefit that goes far mm -hmm. beyond yourself sometimes right. um, for doing some of these things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really worry about my resume. Right. <laughs> I, I think like in the bigger picture sense when I'm doing different things, it's because I'm trying to think of what makes this scene healthier, mm -hmm. um, especially for the type of music that I do. Right. You know, I really, well, I, you know, I think, I mm -hmm. think our scene is better when a and I is playing regularly. Um, when so delicious playing regularly, when mm -hmm. Cap the chef is playing regularly, when old self is out there, mm -hmm. um, it helps, um, any boundary pushing uh, to have any boundary pushing like hip hop act with a good stage show right. out there 
doing their thing. You know, now, it helps now, all of us. Are you talking about a night of hip hop, which was last night at Bridgeport at Park City Music Hall? Oh, I had <laughs> I had kept the chef on the show last night at Park City mm-hmm. Music Hall. Um, that was great. And we also had um the beatboxer Galoosh, who's mm-hmm. from Middletown, mm-hmm. who I had never met before, but he just placed second at the American Beatbox Championships oh, um, right. for the looping portion of, of the competition. Um, yeah, touring acts came through. That's another thing mm-hmm. I, I think that's important, too, is like helping out the the smaller touring acts that are coming through the town, too, and like pairing them up mm-hmm. with good, interesting people. So they know we have something here when they go and right. like march about elsewhere. Right. But yeah, Kef tore down last night. You guys <laughs> should have uh, Kef on at some point if you haven't. There's plenty we of time for the future, but it, it's yeah. mainly about you. <laughs> <laughs> right now, this is your time. Um, your time. I, I can be forgetful at moments because I'm getting older in life. But um, why the name? Why sketch the cataclysm? When I was um, when I was super little, I used to draw comic books and I and I would draw um, things in the neighborhood. I grew mm-hmm. up in what used to be called Village Green Apartments in Waterbury, mm-hmm. and um, I would draw like people going by and stuff. Somebody called me Sketch one day while I was drawing something, oh, and right. I just started writing it as my name in um, comic books that we were doing, and. Uh, the rest of the name literally came from, I was like, eventually it's a like big picture thinking thing again. Yeah. Eventually if I'm doing music at some point, somebody else is going to be called sketch. (laughs) So I should probably have more to my name than that. And I decided to make it like a sentence where sketch the cataclysm is like, uh, uh, a twisted version of saying design the change. It's like a declarative sentence telling people to do something different. Interesting. You know, um, and I added an A to it because there was like a ton of rappers like that at the time. There's uh, uh, right. Jeru the Damager and Trigger the Hustler. Uh, it's Trigger the Gambler and uh, Smooth the Hustler, Jeru the Damager. Del the Funky yeah. Homo Sapien. Del the Funky Homo Sapien. <laughs> Can't forget Del. Pyro all day. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Was MF doing inspiration since you're talking about comic books? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. KMD, the KMD albums, um, too. But, um, yeah, Doom, just in his um, prolific nature, there was that one time period with, with MF Doom where he dropped, like, six albums in, like, a year and a half or some yeah. crazy, mm-hmm. like, small time period. I, I also like what his production style, like, it's not always my favorite types of beats, but there was always, like, this it always felt like you were watching like old VHS tapes, like with his beats, <laughs> yeah. and uh, the drums would be off beat sometimes, and, and like he just didn't care. And uh, the multisyllabic rhyme patterns, um, like clever ways to fit in humor into the lines, um, like finding a way to not be recognized in a crowd when you're not doing your uh when you're not doing your performances and stuff by wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. I thought all that stuff was really cool. It's like, uh, yeah, I just watched the, the Atlanta episode, um, one for the new season. Mm-hmm. And there's like mm-hmm. a whole, um, 
I'm guessing it's supposed to be like an MF Doom take thing where they were like, oh, yeah, he died three months ago. Talking about a rapper that that died on there. Mm-hmm. Played by, I think it's by Earl Earl Sweatshirt. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I love Doom. <laughs> Doom is great. <laughs> it's great to bring it back. But Ease, I didn't mean to overstep you. Go ahead, boss. Oh, no, dude, dude, dude that was awesome. Because it, it, it's so funny because I, I remember uh, sitting, I think, outside of it was the state house possibly. And you, you were telling me of the story of seeing doom um, in New York city, actually jump out of the cab to ju- to get on stage like 15 minutes late. <laughs> and uh, yeah, doom, and then doom used to rock like a, like pantyhose over his face at first with that, mm-hmm. with that whole persona. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's always absolutely fun um, to, to jump through and, I mean, I'm everyone who, who, whoever says they don't love doom uh, is a liar. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be real. <laughs> you just have to, but you know, as you, you move forward, you know, what is, what is your next evolution going to be artistically? Because you're someone who continues to push the boundaries. You know um, some of the samples that you use it, are super courageous. Um, and, you know, yes, again, like I said before, you kind of predicted where we're going to be now, like 10 years ago. So I need to know from your soothsayer skills, where are we going to be in 10 years? I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know where anybody else is going. Right. I, uh, I do a lot of stuff with, um, with, uh, a cat, Mandy Moorhall. That mm-hmm. tends to be really left field type of things with, um, he, with the distorted voices and, like crazy beats we dropped a eight minute song back in january um called put it all against everything today um i've dropped a two minute song with him too unless um uh like four different beat changes and i don't know i'm always like looking to just try other stuff Mm -hmm. the things that i do with dito are all bouncing off of what we're influenced by the most and a lot of them play a lot along with um, stru- song structure and, and using traditional song structure like bridges and, and double choruses and things like that. But then I'll go and drop a song that'll be four minutes of me rhyming straight through with no connective thread or refrain, you know. So I don't know. I have plans to, to do a project that's all um, Latin music based. Um, I have a solo record that's been long being worked on that's now being reworked as a 50x 50s production but it's my you know my solo mm-hmm. across the board thing that's a highly personal album um yeah there's a, i don't know just a lot of things coming right doing songs with chavarda who's a, mm-hmm. a brilliant dj um producer um out of waterbury as well nice. well i've been your favorite places to perform outside of connecticut um, I lived in Minneapolis mm. um, twice, mm. and I really enjoyed playing at venues that no longer exist there um, <laughs> post-pandemic. There was a place called Honey that I used to frequent um, fairly regularly, um, performed at the 7th Street entry um, that's attached to First Avenue, you know, Prince's uh, mm-hmm. Purple Rain venue. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. The now- fine line was there too i just want to talk to you as a fan um to me i think smaller 
venues are great for hip hop shows than larger venues. Do you agree? Because you get more connection with that artist. There's um, I think it depends on the type of music. That's true. That's um, true. that's true. There was like a whole era that came. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Kanye popularized it at one point where it was like an arena rap kind of thing. Mm -hmm. where the sound was like much bigger um, after he went on tour with Nine Inch Nails mm. or after uh, he witnessed the tour of Nine Inch Nails with Saul Williams mm. um, right. that, you know, gave like a big scope to things like bigger sounds and, and things like Travis Scott does that kind of stuff also. Mm -hmm. um, but for the kind of things I do, te they tend to work better in smaller rooms. So like 300 capacity and less, I think. Yeah. high energy in a smaller space right. um i i think tends to work out well for me so i'm on the same page as you i think yeah when it comes to that Stay i like spots like good. cafe nine when it's packed it's is a wonderful energy you know yeah it's all unicism all yeah one yeah perfect there was Easy a show what was it 2018 when uh chesky uh had his uh album release party and he did it at the state house and it was a sold out show. And then he did the after party at cafe nine. That was also just wall to wall packed with people. Mm -hmm. That kind of energy was, that's my favorite for those kinds of shows. I played the after party for that. And that was, that was magic. It was awesome. <laughs> so good. I can't even, I can't even describe the feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. So great. Um, yeah. But just throughout through all your the time in your career and all your tenure, um, what have you learned just about crowd control? Because I haven't seen a sketch performance, but Easy has seen a sketch performance. And he tells me you love to go outside the box when it comes to just performing your material to make your fans feel like um, they are part of the album. Do you agree? I, um, I've had different perspectives over time. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. On uh, how how to work with the audience and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of times where I felt like very much in the, um, trying to drag old school, like hip hop aesthetics into mm -hmm. like a current time frame, mm -hmm. doing like weird rap styles, but then doing like straight up old school, like call and response kind of things. Right. But getting people to say things back that no old school person would get them <laughs> right. to say back. But then other times where I'm just like, I feel like it's more um, like a jazz performance type of thing where you got to kind of just black out and have a solo mm -hmm. and kind of be in yourself expressing and and leaving that as a way to connect with the people in the crowd. Um, I use my body physically to perform, but I don't I think it's now become a thing where it's not necessarily to engage the people in the crowd. It's just a, a way of expressing the performance of the song. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'll dance, you know, I'll be on the floor. I'll do whatever. I <laughs> climb on things. If it feels like I, I need to in the moment mm -hmm. or that's where it's going, <laughs> right. you know, I'm regularly on the floor. Like I do that all the time. Last mm -hmm. night I was rhyming. Um, It's something that I've, I've ended up doing just because it's felt right. A lot. I have a song called Sleep Deprivation and the Artist that's on the aforementioned um, Maya album um, mm -hmm. where the last verse is in 6-4 time 
it's like 40 something bars something like that Ooh. and the drums uh build up where i'm usually like on the ground like sometimes straight up laying down mm-hmm. spitting at the sky um and i was on that last night punching the ground and all kinds of nonsense <laughs> in my socks <laughs> um, yeah performing <laughs> Reminds me of my co-host. He danced with a penguin on stage. I, I do. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. It, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. But no, it, it's it's so interesting too because I've seen you. I've seen you. Um, you know, on your own, and I've I've seen you with the um fifty x fifty, and you know, I kind of dig the like the interplay between you and Dito. They like you get to, you guys really go back and forth incredibly well. Um, and it really gives me that old school, um, I, I want to say kind of like, not necessarily like the mob deep back and back and forth when, when one could talk to, uh, through the other, but very similar in that, that type of vein. Um, it, it is, it is such a blessing. Do you have more fun? I mean, obviously we all have more fun when we're playing with more people, but from a performance aspect and, and, you know, do you love booking more just the, those raw shows where you're, you're punching the ground or those shows where, you know, you're kicking it with your buddy on stage? I think the, the shows with, with Dito, I definitely have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're just fun straight across the board. Um, uh, with my solo shows, uh, the set list tends to be like, all over the place like a wide range of things it depends on what the show is obviously mm-hmm. um and if i'm running the tracks myself i could change the entire set list up on the fly and because of the amount of projects that i that i've put out i can make the dynamic of the show go in whatever direction um so sometimes it could be not very fun it could be very emotional uh a dugout emotional experience Sometimes it's just funky rapping stuff all the way through if I if I feel like it. The shows with Dito are a little bit more organized and, and we play off each other. Sometimes I just try to make them laugh with ad libs. <laughs> over over accentuating things he says in his verses <laughs> in a cartoonish way. <laughs> uh, but you know, I always dance, you know. Mm-hmm. dancing is important no matter uh if it's the emotional songs or the uh just having a blast with dito i used to perform with a 14 piece band well 11 to 14 piece band too and uh, those Ooh, shows would be a blast also having a lot of fun on stage i have a lot of fun right now on wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige and my partner in crime, Long Island raised, Elm City made, EZ Blues is in the building on Behind the Brand. We got Sketch the Cataclysm with us on the show. Easy Blues, continue. Well, no, it's it's amazing, you know, to, to see and, and to hear. And, you know, it, it was one of those things when you come out to New Haven and you start, you know, you do start off from, from the stickers to actually getting to know you. Um, there is who you are in your music is hundred percent who you are as a human being. Um, and that is very reassuring. 
you know, to, to really get to know because there's so many artists out there who feel they have to look a certain way, sound a certain way, be a certain way. Um, and you are just genuinely yourself. You know, as you're continuing to go and grow, you know, will there be like the sketch um, handbook on, you know, being a lyricist? Are you gonna, you know, put out the, the, that actually the lyric book that you can Mad Lib to? I think that'd be a great, uh-oh. Oh! Oh no! Oh my goodness! Oh no! This is the first um, time a guest dropped. Yeah. <laughs> I I. Oh no. I can't ask the question now. <laughs> I mean, I was feeling the whole time. I learned a lot. Yeah. No. It was. It, 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 <laughs> I learned it was so much. It was an amazing interview. And and yeah. for for those that you know are playing the home game. You know, sketch sketch covered a lot of really really incredible topics as you continue to go and to grow through and and to really move forward. I love the fact that he he told you, you know, I used to take those lyrics home initially and go over it and point out very similar to you know you want to do that you don't necessarily just have to do that with hip hop. Get some you know get a Shakespeare play. Mm -hmm. You know the Shakespeare play itself. You know the rhyme scheme is there. Um, so, you know, and I love where he said he used to write out other people's lyrics. It's something that I, anytime I know someone who's hitting a writer's block, right. it's one of the things I tell them to do is write other, like write out someone else's lyrics just to get yourself in the habit of writing and writing to a structure. It'll help you kind of break free just a little bit um, kind of aspect. But man, yeah. that was, that was such a good interview. And <laughs> He just dropped off. <laughs> He's trying to get back on. He's trying oh, to cool. get back on. Cool, cool. But um, <laughs> it, 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 it was wild. Yes, it was. But we did learn a lot. Um, I loved how he said he was in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and he was performing near Prince's Spot and right. just getting to know all the people. And I think we have kind of similar taste in music, oh, yeah. myself and Sketch, you because do. he was talking about how um, it's certain type of music. Uh, for artists when it comes to a venue which is really right. important you know some some artists you need that big old arena that mm -hmm. filled with a whole bunch of people because it fits them right. and then he talked about a cafe nine where you know it's more catered or dedicated to that smaller audience so you can get mm -hmm. a good feel of the show and a good feel of the product you know because it's really different from each artist uh it's kind of like yourself in a situation um, you have mm -hmm. songs where you can perform in a small crowd where you don't need right. the electric instruments. All you need is a guitar and probably mm -hmm. some bongo drums. and You'll be set for the right. whole entire night. And there's some places where you need that electric guitar and you need mm -hmm. those drums um, right. just to get get the good feel of the crowd. Um, right. Especially because when you you know this from touring easy, every time you go around to each city, everybody's different from that demographic. Mm -hmm. And you always try to cater to a little bit to each of that crowd. So it was very just interesting to learn that from a different point of view, from a different genre. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, definitely. And, and you know, um, everybody kind of in, you know, Sketches Fold have that that experience. You know, we've been blessed to have Cheshki on here. Mm -hmm. We've been ble blessed to have Mo Nichols on here. Yeah. They all tell the same exact story. You mm -hmm. know, where you go is important, but how you get there is even more important. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look forward to um, to sitting in, kind of unpacking more of of these incredible artists. You know, not only that are here, but some of the, the touring ones. You know, like Pink Naval, um, who you know was just here last week, mm-hmm. or a Miles Bolin, who actually is on a remix of our th- our guess our theme song, um, outside by Walta. There's a remix with Miles Bolin on there, which is dope as heck. Um, yeah. You know, and it really is like anytime these guys come through, I know for a fact I'm going to see Sketch. Whether I'm going to see him as just being that supportive person that got the ticket so we can uh, help support the people or whether he's going to get called up on stage and, you know, rock it out that way. You know, mm. that's really, you know, really what will end up, what will end up happening. And it's an incredible experience to go through and it's an incredible experience you know, to, to see, um, you know. And I love how he was shining out when he was in Bridgeport, mm-hmm. uh, just a different kind of musicians and things for hip hop. And he talked about beatboxing yep. too, which is pretty cool. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a beatbox performance in so long since I was little. And the <laughs> crazy part about beatboxing is it's not easy how everyone says it is. It's really not. No. <laughs> not at all. It's not. not I, at think, all. I think Sketch is coming back on. Hey. Hey, we got him. You're muted though, sir. He's muted. He'll he'll be back on. Hey. Hey, bud. Crazy internet, right? <laughs> there we go. We got him. Welcome back. That was a trial. <laughs> <laughs> you were giving too many amazing gems that the, the, the internet was like, he's giving away all this stuff for free. Can't let that uh, happen. <laughs> here's the blueprint to how to be broke in rap music in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know, just going to oh, go ahead. Uh, no, it, it, it's interesting that you kind of like you brought that up because, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we all look at success a little bit differently. And honestly, like with the moves in which you, you have made and, and, and how far you, you've established yourself. You know, yeah, it would be great if we were all compensated correctly, but your legacy is is a lot more valuable. And I hope you know that the legacy you are leaving behind is a lot more valuable than the dollars and cents in your pocket. And I truly I want to give you your flowers for that because you mean a lot to this scene, not only just in hip hop, but in all the genres. You know, you have open doors and you continue to open doors for almost every single act that's out there. So very similar to like a Steve Rogers, you know, you are one of the foundation points of the scene out here. And I just want to thank you for that, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Appreciate the good work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about um, when, when, uh, when the internet was like, no sketch right now. Um, we were actually talking about, I know these incredible shows that, that, that come through that I, I'm going to see you, whether I'm going to see you on stage with the acts that, that are coming through, like a Pink Navel or Miles Bolin, you know, or, or something along those lines, or you're going to be in the audience supporting, you know, I, I know you're going to be there. And that really is a testament of, you know, the person that you are. Um, is it because you are just such a huge fan of music or is it because you completely understand what it's like to be that struggling artist? I um I only support that's another that's another thing I, I definitely I'm taking the opportunity right now to say 
is I I don't support all all local music. Mm. I support all local music that I dig. I, I think that's a, a very important distinction because people have a, a big thing about, you know, support the local, whatever. Nah, right. support the local that is incredible so that you mm-hmm. have uh, a standpoint that people could believe in when, when you uh, share your opinion, mm. you know, because um, supporting quality helps that quality maintain attention, you know. Don't just so, like anything. Yeah, you can't just, yeah, this guy's doing a show tonight. I'm going to go to support. That guy doesn't need that kind of support. That guy needs mm. the support from people that actually love what they're doing. Mm. You know, or the girl. Um, if Chesky's doing a show in the area and I'm a, available to go to that show, I'm going to be at a Chesky show because I love everything that Chesky does. You know, um, if people coming through like the aforementioned Miles Bullen, if Miles is coming through, I'm going to probably be at, be at that show. Just because um, Miles makes quality music and has very interesting performances that are just getting better and better over time. Um, I love interesting things and uh, being able to experience interesting stuff inspires me every day. Being at cool shows um, and seeing what people are doing to try to push themselves past where they were before uh, just moves me every day, no matter what I'm doing. That's awesome. Unfortunately, Apollo Curtain is starting to actually close around us and we are starting to come to the end of the end of the time. We want to give this these last couple of moments to you. Can you uh, drop anywhere people can get in touch with you, anywhere they can support you as an artist, anywhere they can support you, you know, through your band camp? How can people, you know, catch the sketch vibe? The uh, easiest way is you can hit up our link tree linktree.com slash the 50 x 50s um 50x 50s um our band camps up there you could catch our um uh most frequent uh, most recent um curated playlists on apple music and spotify currently um any of the other links to instagram twitter all that um hit us up hit me up um instagram twitter whatever sketch tc on most uh social media platforms i'm on every um streaming service there's always stuff coming out yeah (laughs) and you know finally for for that you know kid who should be list should be in school listening but we know he's listening to the radio right now what is that that advice you give that that hungry you know artist you know my advice is always to try to dig further and not do everything just because it's what somebody else is doing at the moment. And if you're doing things in a, in the way that other people are doing, there's probably another way you could do whatever that thing is that expresses yourself better. Um, you don't have to rhyme on um, trap beats and trap beats are popular at the moment. Trap beats are dope. They sound good. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can do something different. You can make trap beats out of like household uh, materials if you want, and that could be your way of pushing that boundary. Um, you don't have to to make your music in four four time signature. You could drop an entire album in five four if you want. Who cares? You could do anything. There's no rules to any of this stuff. 
you don't have to have choruses. You don't have to do a verse. You could do all choruses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything you want to do is up to you. Mm -hmm. And there's there's no rule to it. And if you want to make it more pop accessible, you can do that as well. Right. Um, start with trying yourself and seeing what you can do with your physical form and body and, and seeing how far that can go. And then you can do whatever you want to try to make it connect with other people after that. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are having fun, but unfortunately, we have to come to a close on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Sketch, great having you. We got your song Dead Recon on Behind the Brown with my myself, with myself, I can barely speak, Prestige, and my partner in crime, EZ Blues. Thanks again, brother. Thank you. I see clouds approach your friends, my heat's bound to go to bed I need now to speak loud, cause these clowns are overfed Each round I hold a pen, beats down with no regret Loosely found, I seek out unique routes to fold in bed Now, I won't pretend my teeth growl from sore the head But keep out with weak styles, it seems now I'm dope as heck A hand is older when the feet bound from foes defense My spell is so intense, it eats pounds of hopeless shrinks Swag is battered, it don't matter, it shatter with fatter blends it's as you chat, it ends, it's over, friends Dad, a guy that's so savage is crashing Terrors flashing after I rhyme, I climb a ladder Watch my soul ascend They say I'm overheads I say use focus lens Listen closer, you don't miss a quote You won't forget My flow's explosion tense Just roll the ocean's ends Picking up the cover closer, coast It's so immense No at no expenses Skywalking over fence Fly chalking up to talking much smarts And low disasters Clouds cloak us overhead Start to slow the set. I must rank amongst the best alive, rising known to bless. My it is pirate pirated, nihilist, fire script piles and piles of violent dialect, piled and vitals of vitals and tiger and never a seven styles of alpha Irish sights have been wired, inspired, inspired. Higher than levels of science and blacking the titles that I give that I give breast. Everyone that I give it honest, no argument. I am the sire, messiah of writers and fine. So I tie the robot. I'm a diaper when I'm in a cipher. I light it, ignited to fire. Retired an hour when I am just tired and out of breath. Forcing the heat out my old chest. Forcing the beat in my ascent. It's forging my speech, forging.